Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Now, my career began with commercial horticultural training at Riddle College over 60 years ago. And my guest, later on, also hails from Riddle College. Who knows? Her floristry career may just be getting started. Lucy Proctor has just opened her own shop called Sweet Pea Floral Design in Dovercourt. And I'll be asking her about the value of that training and what is an incredibly busy time of year for florists. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and to Charlie Jones, my producer. Great weather last weekend. I spent several hours digging both on Saturday and Sunday, and then when it got dark on one of the days, I nipped up to the school because uh, I could dig there in their floodlighting. You know, when you're digging in well-rotted manure, it's as well not to have too many children flying about. So I managed to get one of their beds dug and enriched. Last week I told you we were going to the Garden Media Guild Awards and had our podcast up in the finalists, but uh, regret to tell you that we didn't win. But Marion Foster did win. She's the presenter of BBC Newcastle's Garden Mania programme, And, of course, the two of us worked together years ago. I hope to get Marion on for an interview next week. She's a great lady. But what good news this week? You know, we've got Prince Harry and Meghan and and the wedding. It'll be some excitement, won't it? I've got my sweet pea, our Harry, already up and growing. Don't think it'll be in flowering time for the wedding, though. And then very good news for gardeners. The licence for glyphosate has been extended for another five years. I'll talk a bit about that again next week. In the paper on Saturday, we'll be showing you all of our plans for the Chelsea Flower Show. Five, six months away, and we're working away at it like stink. And for our sins, as if we didn't have enough to do, we'll have connection with two exhibits. Our partners, the Horticultural Trades Association, are going out into Northern Avenue, I believe, to stage a full garden. But we're staying the sun inside the big pavilion and have uh, an island site, four metres by four metres, which will be pyramid style and stepped, working to the theme, the container revolution. You know, so many gardens now are being paved over and getting small, and more and more people are growing things in pots and raised beds and troughs and things. And that's what we'll have. A whole exhibit, all grown in containers, all kinds of shapes and sizes, and lots and lots of new plants. 
Incidentally, uh, we had uh, the gentleman from Far Plants on earlier this year, and uh, one of his novelties is Nemesha Lady Penelope. It's a pink, fragrant Nemesha. I collected a plant from his stand in June, and do you know that's been in full flower, non-stop, every week since. And as I came out the back door, even though we've had several frosts, that Nemesia is still flowering and flowering. What a fantastic plant that is. I did mention too the new sugar snap pea called Lusaka. I sowed it the first week in August in my polytunnel, so it has some protection. And with that extra protection, it's cropping really heavily now towards the end of November, to have fresh peas late November. I mean, well, I've never come across anything like it. Now, I'm not much of a one for mange too. I think when they're cooked, they're a bit slimy, and I'm not much into them at all. But this snap pea has a really thick pod, a really crunchy thick pod, and you grow it until the peas are fully formed, and so you've got really nice young peas and a very succulent pod. A young lady called with two of her children and I gave them a couple of pods to taste and they loved them so much so that uh, I had a message, could I send some more? And, and for last Sunday lunch, uh, I cooked a few in with the Brussels sprouts and the fresh carrots and I'll tell you, boy, that's a lovely pea. I do have difficulty with pea moth. That's a little tiny moth that lays eggs on the uh, developing pea pod and so with the ordinary peas I very often have maggots in the pods which is a bit off-putting but of course if you sow in July it's after the life cycle of that particular pest and so you're pretty sure of having perfectly clean pods to eat and I love this time of year you know we have spring cleaning in the house don't we but now it's autumn cleaning in my garden. All the old runner beans, I'm saving a few of the very dry pods and then stripping those out onto the compost heap. And once all the leaves are down from the trees, then I can start digging. If you start digging and the leaves fall and drop on that freshly dug land, they sort of sit and hold the wet and slugs hide up underneath them. But if you can wait until all the leaves are down, then of course when you dig, it stays absolutely clean. And I like to do a bit each day if I can. I've got about 30 foot by 40 foot, which needs to be dug over the next five or six weeks. And if I can get that turned over and exposed to the frost through the winter, boy, that'll be in great condition for sowing and planting next spring. Now, I'm very excited today because our guest is Lucy Proctor, uh, a Brittle student, or I should say ex-Brittle College student. It, it, uh, Lucy, it's the university, isn't it now? The Brittle College is, yeah. University, yeah. Um, now, could I ask, first of all, how did you get interested in floristry? Well, I've really been interested in flowers from a young age, and it was really um, through sort of parents, grandparents, and, and, and gardening at home and, and growing your own bits and bobs. Um, that I just kind of naturally grew into it. And then when I was looking to obviously further from my A-levels, um, Rittle was something that caught my eye and, and the flourishy courses is where I decided to go. And Rittle, when I was there, was enormous fun. Mind you, there was only 200 students. And now I think there's about 3,000, isn't there? 
Yes, I was going to say that has, that has definitely grown. And we used to have a lot of uh, international students in the flourishing course as well. What has it involved? I mean, three years is quite a long time. I mean, yeah, coming straight out of the A-levels, I came in uh, very basic knowledge, obviously not knowing a lot at all. Um, so the first year really takes you through uh, a lot of flower identification, the traditional and the um, contemporary styles. So there's obviously two different styles of floristry. And really just getting to know your basics. The second year is sort of furthering that knowledge and being a bit more creative yourself in, in lots more designs. And then the third year is into um, serious mode with dissertations and um, proper timed exams so yeah now what about the commercial aspects because um, having the artistic skill is one thing you know I wish I had more of that (laughs) Um, but then actually turning that skill into um, a living actually earning money from it that's quite tricky isn't it Yes, I mean, as I spoke about my A-levels, I did do a lot of business studies all, all throughout my um, sort of schooling. Um, and in the third year, they do actually take you through how to run a shop, market, um, marketing and, and things like that. Um, but it's always been something that's been at the forefront of, of my um, career path because my parents are self-employed and it's something I've always wanted to do. And, and putting those two together just seemed natural to me. How long is it that you've had this shop opened? Uh, well, the shop's been open, so 10 days in total. 10 days, how yes. exciting. Yeah. Yes, it is very exciting. And how did the first weekend go then? The first weekend was very, very busy. It's um, Even just people coming in to say hi, local people, because they've been watching what's been happening with the shop, because it had sat empty for quite a while. And I've been obviously doing little bits and bobs as it's gone along. It's taken me about a year, year and a half in total get that already so there's some sort of snippets so everybody was quite eager to see what was going on behind the windows i fitted out everything from front to back adding a cold store um because that was something that's quite important to keep the quality of the flowers we really um kitted it out and what about finance i mean uh, you know you're committing quite a lot of money aren't you if you're working on uh, shop fitting and rents and all those sort of things it, it, yes. yeah, we can't uh, yes. underestimate the responsibility i admire your entrepreneurial spirit yeah. <laughs> thank you well i i, I had a um, full-time job whilst getting this up and running so i was actually a restaurant manager and was for about seven years so that was kind of a bit of a part-time job whilst i was at Rittle that then turned into a full-time job when i left ahead of the shop opening you were already doing makeup work, weren't you? A, a, a gentleman we had on here for uh, an interview recently, Johan, introduced a new chrysanthemum called uh, Princess Charlotte. And, and I think you were involved uh, in doing some bouquets with that, weren't you? Yes, I was. I mean, whilst everything was being made, I was conscious that I still needed to keep myself sort of present in the local area as much as I could. And when Johan approached me about doing something for the Each charity with the Rosanna Charlotte, um, I obviously jumped at the chance and and was happy to help him with that. Because it it, uh, included flowers for the East Anglia Children's Hospice, didn't it, where the Duchess of Cambridge is uh, the patron. Yes, yes. So I did. I did some for um, Ed Sheeran had a uh, like a charity um, performance at the Natural History Museum. Uh, so I was very lucky enough to make something to go in his dressing room, along with some uh, bouquets for auctioneers, mothers of the children, uh, and so forth. Did you get to meet Ed? 
I didn't. I didn't know. I'm just the florist behind the scenes. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but then at that evening, according to Johan, they raised £350,000. Is that right? Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was lovely just to be a small part of that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I think to have made up poses that are presented to the Duchess before your shop's even opening, I think I think that's a pretty good head start, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and yeah. I've got the magazine article on the wall. I, I bet you have, shop. yeah. Now, what about flower choice and tastes then? I mean, you, you call the shop Sweet Pea, which is sweet, S-W-E-T, and then capital P, floral design. Now, I have to tell you that my mother always called me P. Uh, yeah. as as in the initial and, and I've always grown sweet peas so uh, um, I'm a bit interested in where you got the title for your shop well um, as I say going back right to the beginning my um, my nan used to grow the sweet peas and they were always something that was sort of cut in a jar on, on the windowsill um, and then mum had them in her wedding bouquet and it's just something I've always loved and then my surname is obviously Proxa which begins with a P um, so it just seems fitting to try and, and work all that in together yeah so is anybody in the family going to be growing sweet peas for you next summer? Well, saying that, I do have um, a garden space at the back of the shop, so I'm hoping to start growing some of my own um, foliage and, and bits and bobs through the spring and the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, hopefully, yes. Yeah. Now, I would think that must be unique. I can't think well, of any yeah. other flower shop that's actually got um, a growing area at the back. No, and I think British, um, British grown flowers are very much at the forefront at the moment. Um, and they're ever so trendy, if you like. So it's nice to even maybe just have some in a vase on the counter just to say, oh, I've grown these out the back. It's, it's quite nice. Well, and foliage too. I mean, if you plant yes, a few handy. bits of snowberry or uh, pittosporum or something, just being able to nip out and cut a bit of greenery. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some pittosporum on the go at the moment, actually, and I've got a nice big laurel tree. So Florists use quite a bit of laurel, don't you? I mean, you can use it as single leaves, rather as the Romans did with those... Um, things that yes. they built around their head can't think of the name of it for the minute um, and, and you actually pin that don't you onto wreaths as a base the, yes, the single yeah, laurel I mean, that's quite a contemporary um, uh, way to use them but they can still be used in just sort of normal traditional arrangements hand tied bouquet so it's very versatile yeah did you actually do any sort of uh, artistic work at school i mean could you paint or um not, not so much i was a bit more academic in sort of academic subjects, the artistic part of floristry tended to develop in me as I got older. Um, some people sort of have it and they were very natural at it, but I think I found it more, it developed with me as I, as I grew and learned. So you can actually be trained to be a good florist? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> I had very good tutors as well, very, very good tutors. Well, Riddle has quite a reputation, doesn't it? Yeah, fantastic. You know, I have to tell you that I did have a little floristry training, but it was evening classes <laughs> when I was doing national service in London. Uh, and the army paid for me to actually have evening classes in floristry, which I thought was a, a rather unique situation. That is, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and then the best man at our marriage, uh, Harold Piercy, ran the Constant Spry Flower School for uh, wow. several years. Uh, and at Rittle, when they had the commemoration ball... We used to decorate the building. Harold and I used to go to Covent Garden when, when Covent Garden was in Covent Garden. Would yeah. buy flowers and then go back and decorate all of those tops of the radiators and uh, you know big vases in uh, the hall and several other places. Have you been involved in any of that, students? Does that still go on? 
Um, I mean, yes, uh, when you're actually a student at Rittle, you do get involved in a lot of things like that, especially sort of displaying your work to the rest of the uh, university. Um, and you also get opportunities, they put you forward to things like competition. So I actually went in for a Chelsea Flower Show competition one year as a young florist of the year. So, yeah, you do really get to showcase all your different um, sort of skills and designs. And, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. How well do you get on at Chelsea then? Um, so you have to come first, well, at the time, you have to come first to obviously proceed on to the next round. So I came third and it was my my first competition, so it wasn't too bad. No, it's very good, I think, yeah. Yes, but um, it's very um, very stiff competition and it does really open your eyes. As a student, I'd urge anyone just to have a go, I really would. Well, all strengths to your elbow, Lucy. Yes. You know, I hope things go well, I hope this little podcast will get a few people from the Harwich and Dovercourt area to come and give Sweet Pea Floral Design a look and and perhaps we could speak to you again and see how it goes in a few months time. That would be fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome Peter. Well my little tailpiece could be headlined Gone to Pot. I was watching the programme on TV last week about four ancient uh, presenters going round sampling all kinds of marijuana in California but the thing which really struck me not the free availability of it was the forecast that the value of uh, marijuana sold in California in the next year or two is likely to reach 30 billion pounds that's just one state in America We've written often about um, marijuana and pot growing here in the UK. Of course, it's quite illegal, but even so, if you do a sort of desk study, pot could well be the most profitable horticultural crop grown in Britain today. I mean, it is an amazing situation. It's like the iceberg, isn't it? You sort of see the odd report of uh, cannabis farms being... uh, closed down by the police and the value of what they've destroyed but the number that don't get caught is really huge a sleeping giant 30 billion dollars just think of that thanks again to our sponsors Sutton Seeds of Torquay and thanks to you for listening enjoy your garden we'll be back next Thursday Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.